Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and now Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which Uh, premiered today on Disney+. Plus. It's finally here. It was supposed to be the first Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. Turns out, as you well know, it's the second to come after WandaVision. That's what happened in the real world. That is some real truths. It's crazy to say it's finally here when literally WandaVision just ended. We're spoiled. We're spoiled is what yeah. it is. And now we're yeah, diving in. We're like, yeah. oh, we finally got this next one. And we're already doing it. We're I had here. to watch Marvel Studios assembled for a week instead of my friend adventures with my super friends. Very upsetting. Yeah, I know. I had to, to take this time off and look at my family members Ugh. and like oh. pets. Oh, uh, yeah, oh just, gross. No thanks, man. No thanks. So... As usual, or maybe you're tuning in for the first time because you're more interested in Falcon with your soldier than potentially you are in WandaVision, we go pretty heavily into spoilers on this podcast. That's what we talk about here. So go watch the first episode right now before we get into it. We're going to talk about some of our general thoughts on the show, how it kicked off, how it kicked off potentially compared to WandaVision. But we'll also be talking about Marvel Easter eggs, references from the comics, anything that we picked up, and a speculation for the rest of the show. So let's start off with that first thing, though. Uh, from your guys' perspective, WandaVision, I think, in a very surprising way, really raised expectations before Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I certainly wasn't expecting going into WandaVision. Uh, that was a huge hit. Global domination, like, just built over the course of the run. Obviously, there was a lot of uh, consternation about the last episode and how it went. I liked it, for my note. But this is a very different show. This is much more straightforward (laughs) MCU. How did this first episode strike you? Wait, what about the last episode? There was conversation? Consternation. uh, There were people that I think were a little upset about how certain things turned out with the last episode of WandaVision. Oh, really? People were... Oh, okay. yeah. I, I mean, know. it was a huge surprise to you're me using, too. That uh, you're using big Cornell words, you're going to lose our audience. No, nah, that's bit, you fair. Know what I mean, let's <laughs> let's uh, you know, let's not uh, yeah. flex our knowledge on us all the time. When, you know what I mean? Oh my god! When you say consternation, just use a smaller word like angry, but angry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> a lot, a lot of butt yeah. hurt fans out there. There you okay. go. Now you're speaking to the people. Let's talk about Pe- Falcon and Winter yeah. Soldier, though. In this first episode here. It's obviously very different from WandaVision, but given those expectations going in here, given what you knew about the series, just broad strokes, how did the episode strike you? Uh, well, I also feel like it's it's tough because it has to follow WandaVision now, which is such a quirky, huge hit. And I feel like that is a little tough because it's a little bit straightforward. Mm-hmm. But what I really enjoyed was this. there's a lot going on. It's not just a simple kind of action thing, which I was happy about. There's a lot going on with these uh, two gentlemen's lives. And it's like we're kind of just really kind of digging into where they are. 
I, I, I thought it was uh, a fun. I was impressed with a lot of it and how quickly I was surprised that there's still by the first episode, cause we're only getting a, a small handful here that they're not already together and kind of like working together. So I was a little like, Oh no, we didn't get them together. And you, you got to say something only... for episode six, man. That's what it's all yeah. built. <laughs> oh, don't, I can't do the whole thing apart. I don't want to do the we're whole thing. We're just going to see him passing each other in a hallway every yeah. now and again. Game of Thrones oh, style. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the biggest, when you talk about uh, WandaVision and um, Falcon Winter Soldier, like it's, if um, the TV show Friends, if they'd released Joey first because mm. of a, a oh, pandemic, right. you know, it would have been a little bit harder to see what's going I, on. I'm going to do one better. It's if they released episodes first. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, for all you Matt LeBlanc heads out there. You must be <laughs> is, that, is that a shot against the No, Joey? episodes was literally about him playing a Joey-type character on a show and commenting on the idea of television based on both Joey and Friends. So... I, it, yeah, it, it feels like it's skipping a beat. It's like they've jumped ahead, and then they're going back to the thing that should have come right after Endgame. But it's interesting because I think so much of everyone, all the commentary, the um, consternation, um, the uh, butt anger about um, WandaVision was because the potential was all over. The, everyone was, was like, we could yeah. Fantastic Four. Uh, Al Pacino is Mephisto. Um, who's going to be uh, the the rings? The Mandarin's rings are going to be hidden. Like all this like stuff. Um, and it, it wasn't that. Also, Paul Bentley's joke, which was hysterical, kind of f- fueled the fire for it as well, which didn't help. Uh, for sure. But what I, what I think if the order, the original order had been preserved and Falcon Winter Soldier had come first, I think there would have been less of that. Because mm-hmm. what we see in this first episode of Falcon Winter Soldier to me is like this is like the bridge from Marvel movies to television. It's like right. has the same pace, the same type of storytelling as the first act of a Marvel movie where like lots of action, a little bit of introducing stuff, some table setting. The main characters don't even meet here. Um, but you got Rhodey also being the bridge as well. Rhodey pops in, but people aren't like, are we going to see war machines? Like, no, he's here. He's already here. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's already just here. watching. Yeah. He left. Uh, he, he came here and then he left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's out of here. Yeah. It's nice to see him. It was a drop in. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice. He was um, on set that it, day anyway. So they just added a bit. That's how Hollywood wow. works, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, pop in. Uh, yeah. Hey, you going to be around for something we're shooting we're later? Because that would be cool. Yeah, no problem. What do I have to do? Is this like a Black Monday thing or what's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. They tricked him. Uh, oh. But I, I don't think there's going to be that kind of like speculation for this show because it just is starting in a different place and its expectations are like sort of right where we thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. And that's good. Like I was – psyched to watch this um but it is such a different viewing experience yeah the thing i i had a blast watching this episode like i think you guys are getting at it's very relaxing to watch this show in a certain way because wandavision you have to have this hyper attention while you're watching it for all the details everything that's happening in everything frame that's what was so wonderful about that show is the amount of different levels that it was working on here it felt like Ah, I'm back in the movie theater. I'm watching a Captain America movie or whatever. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Just got to chill out, watch two handsome dudes have a good time kicking butt. Let's have fun. But on the flip side of it, and this may have to do with the WandaVision expectations. I certainly talked about this a lot during the WandaVision podcast, and I think I was pleasantly surprised. What happens here is this really does feel like the we're making more of a six-hour movie thing, which I don't 
is is typical for streaming, but I don't love on TV and I don't love in the weekly release format. It's the sort of thing that I might totally change my mind on watching the second episode because we'll see what happens. Your mind's about to change. Dude. We'll see what happens. But it's the sort of thing that I feel like if if you're into the MCU like we are, you jump into this episode, you're in, you're happy, you're good, you're having a good time. If you're not sure about the MCU... I think it's the sort of thing like you might actually want to wait until the second or third episode so you get more of a chunk and have more of a sense of what it is. Unless, of course, you're really into bank loans and fishing, in which case, oh. this is the show for you. Get Come on, it. dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really what I want. I want to know, uh, you know, is he going to get bank loans as easy mm-hmm. as I can? Because he's got that star power. And uh, what's nice to know is that he's still like me. If I went in there, I wouldn't have my numbers. I mean, the last five years have been a shit show. Yeah, you pop, you like, pop into the bank and just ask for a loan sort of whenever you're passing by, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of in my route, you know. Hey, you got a loan uh, for your pal Pete? Yeah. Hey, just check it. Remember with that loan I applied for Pete, for the last time, ago? banks don't work like a slot machine, okay? <laughs> oh, I'm just going to keep pulling that lever. Hopefully, That's a stuff. bank teller's I, arm. You're pulling their arm. <laughs> he doesn't he's seem a, cool He's a it. one-eyed bandit. That's the thing. <laughs> or one-armed um, bandit. That's what it is. Uh, I, I just want to say, though, I... I agree with you uh, a little bit, but also like the action and stuff is kind of stressful. Like uh, some of those, it was pretty close call a couple of those times, but overall <laughs> I agree with what you're saying. Uh, but you're I do right. disagree though. I, with Justin, with like, there are fun little uh, things that like, because I'm WandaVision trained, I was like, oh, what is laugh? What does that mean? Okay. Oh my God. Those like handprints on the mask could be a crossover with Lord of the Rings. That looked very much. They're a uh, bunch of you know, rock like, high. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, you know, just my mind is trained from WandaVision. So it's hard to kind of like shift. Into well, I do I'm so think- sorry. You're saying it was trained by WandaVision. You've gone uh, mad. Oh, right, right, right. (laughs) I mean, that's that's part and parcel with the MCU and superhero movies, right? Like, we do look at every frame and every scene for Easter eggs all over the place. Mm -hmm. WandaVision just took it to the nth degree, uh, just to an insane amount, where there were those Easter eggs in every single frame, like, hidden in little quarters. Here it's things like... I mean, I jotted down a couple of things. There weren't much, but things like, oh, Aaron Kellyman, who people probably know or might know as Emphis Ness from the Solo movie, from Solo Star Wars, uh, plays Carly Morgenthau, one of the Flag Smashers, and the original Flag Smasher was Carl Morgenthau. That's not the sort of thing where it's like, oh, shit, they put Whoa! an eye on the back of her head. What do you think it means? But it's like, all right, yeah, that's a reference to the comics. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're doing a lot of comparison, but like, this show, the whole opening sequence, the amount of aerial, like if we want to get oh, into the episode a yes, little bit. Yes, please. Can we please? Um, first off, we start with the shield. Um, and like, I, I don't think we want to diminish this to be like, this is just a dumb movie. Well, no. first off, he let's let's really talk about, first off, we see him ironing, which is a relaxing thing to do. Like, it seems like he starts That's a day, reference right? to Iron Man. Did you know that? Oh, oh how did I miss yes. that? Right <laughs> out of the box. And yeah. on oh, a similar, man. very Pete-focused note, did you notice that sweet shield case? That Sam had oh, that he yeah. put in? That's very yeah. cool. I wonder yeah. if he got that yeah. custom or like he went to... Merch. Yeah, it looks like it was custom. Mm-hmm. I would think so. It's hard to know what size shield someone has. <laughs> hey, can I like... get a, that shield case over there? The one in tan, not the black one or the uh, red one, please. One shield case fits all. Yeah. Um, I'm so sorry. 
uh, <laughs> but to it starts yes. with the shield, which I think to get into some of the the beginnings of themes for this series, I think um, it's like symbolism the the an object like the shield is this symbol and uh sam treats it with this respect and he's like i can't bear this it has the weight of history um and so he puts it he puts it away he puts it in this museum and nobody else seems to think of it that way or at least not the u.s government here as we find at the end of the episode and i i really like that i think the idea of like a functional uh, symbolism or functional patriotism, what stuff actually means to people versus the way we revere things that, that start to lose their meaning. That to me is what right. I took out of this first episode. And I think that's a great theme. And just a real quick, um, I think it's reflected in the credits. Uh, the credits are a lot a smattering of graffiti um, on like these sort of icons. And I think that may be what the, the credits are getting at that. Like Ooh. there's these iconic things, you know, all around the country, all around our world. But the graffiti are the are the people saying something. They're the people on the street. They're, they're putting their ideas out there. And I think it's that mixing of those ideas is what we're going to get into in this series. Yeah, that seems spot yeah. on. Oh, go ahead, Pete. I was just going to say, yeah, I really do like this, what they're doing, this setting up of the weight of things, the symbolism. What does that mean? What does it mean to who, uh, who and uh, different people take it for different things? But also, like, the fact that we picked up right where Falcon left off of, like, Yo, man, this ain't my shield, or I feel like this. I, I'm not good enough to rock this. You know, something that's like he he holds such reverence for it. It's not like he doesn't. He's not considering it. It like such a big big thing to him, and it, it means so much. So like, I love the fact that that's where we are with him, and I, I also like this exploration throughout this episode of symbolism, like with the mask and the graffiti. And I'm glad you pointed that out, Justin. Well, to that point, uh, what I was going to say is about tearing down the iconography. I think that really ties into the villains as well. I love the idea of the Flag Smashers, the idea that they're people who live for the blip, thought it was great and want to go back to that. Yeah. That's really fascinating. Wow. Um, yeah, that, that sets them up as really good villains, the opposite of what Captain America is supposed to be, whoever Captain America is at the time. We didn't meet Zemo at all in this episode, but we've seen from the teasers that his thing is about tearing down superheroes. So that's iconography for another angle. And I think you're right. I think you're absolutely spot on. That's exactly what it is. The other thing, of course, is legacy, which is another very obvious theme from Cap passing it down to Sam and Sam saying, no, that's not me. I'm somebody else to Bucky dealing with his own legacy, which I thought was really interesting. Bad legacy. Yeah. The very bad, bad legacy. legacy. <laughs> uh, and making friends with an old man because he killed his son. Oh. That was super sad. Oh, just, yeah. oh my God. And the fact that he had to hear from him. Mm -hmm. And then also when he was on that day, it's like, it's so clear as day, but like, how do you do that? How do you say that to somebody? You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. And I, I love the, the way they position Falcon and Winter Soldier in two very different places with Falcon trying to bear the weight of this legacy and Winter Soldier doing the same thing, but from a negative place. So he has to come to terms with his legacy while Falcon has to prove that he he is has earned what was already given to him. And I think that's really cool. And the fact that they introduced the new Captain America, the USA agent type character, the end of this episode is the nexus point. This mm -hmm. is the dude who feels unbothered by any legacy, but also has the legacy in his hands. I I was worried we were going to get the kind of like at the end of it. I was like, that better not be fucking Hydra Cap because I I, <laughs> we, I can't deal with that. Uh, that would just be too much. Like because they did bring up Hydra and then it was like there's this new Cap and I was like, please 
Please don't let I can't. Well, I mean, I don't think you're talking about if people haven't read it. There's an arc in the comics where Captain America, due to some time travel, I believe Cosmic Cube as well, shenanigans, ends up reliving his whole life, but being loyal to Hydra the entire time. Pete hates that arc. I thought it was pretty good. But that's how we're different people, I guess. Well, you know, it's just sometimes it's fun to go places in comic books that you don't want to go in real life. And sometimes it's just too much to handle and you don't like Mm -hmm. it. I would say, I don't know if this makes you feel any better. My theory currently right now is that uh, U.S. agent Captain America is not Hydra, but he is very racist. Do you feel better about that? (laughs) <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice! What kind of shit is that? I'm just wondering. No, I don't feel bad. Just That's throw it out a little thought experiment want... there, Pete. Like, oh, it looks like he's God. a bad guy, but just like a lowercase b bad. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Just a terrible he's a bad guy. guy. He's a terrible he's a guy. guy. Uh, just, uh, all right, well, I don't like where this is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's uh, into the the actual uh, bones of the episode. Like this aerial opening sequence, I thought was just wild just like in all sorts of ways like it feels like it was so hard to do um i love the all the flying all the um the bat bat rock going i assume that's bat rock because how many french french speaking villains are there out there jumping not squirrel suiting out of a chopper into a chopper Mm-hmm. Out of that chopper and then into yet another chopper? <laughs> this is this guy's he's great at leaping. He is. I was a little disappointed at first that Backrock the Leaper wasn't doing enough leaping, but then he started leaping places and I was very happy. So much leaping. Quantum leaping. Mm-hmm. And that really is, wild. by the way, that is Batrock. That's George St. Pierre who played him in was it the beginning of Winter Soldier? I think it was the beginning of Winter Soldier. Yes. Yeah, and fought sure. him there. There was a little more leaping and kicking and stuff going on there. Uh, I did want to mention two things about Batrock while we're talking about him. I love the fact that he doesn't have the ridiculous Batrock costume or mustache for the books, but he still has a Batrock colored jacket. He has a purple jacket with little yellow around it, which I thought was very nice. And it also, this doesn't come at all, but all this is just mentioning it to mention it, but I was thinking about it during the Batrock stuff. You guys probably remember this one, but there was this Captain America and Batrock one shot by Kieran Gillen and Renato Arlem. Mm. And if you want a great Batrock story, anybody out there, search out this issue, because the whole idea of it is Batrock says, I can't beat Captain America. I just can't. That's not a thing I can do. So what people hire me to do is slow him down. So I say, okay, you pay me a certain amount of money. I'm going to slow him down for five minutes. I'm going to slow him down for 10 minutes while you get away as far as you can and do your thing. And he's distracted fighting me. It's so cool. Such a fun one shot. Uh, and if you enjoyed Bat Rock's appearance here at the beginning of this series, that's a good one to check out. Yeah, it's good. Uh, poor Louis, the pilot, um, you know, he sees Sam playing peekaboo and and he gets killed almost instantly. Yeah. Yeah. There's the another first. comic book character that appears here, though, and I really liked him in this episode. He's very different from how he is in the comics. But we met First Lieutenant Joaquin Torres who's played by Danny Ramirez in the show. He is a character, I don't know if this is a spoiler, I kind of think that it may end up being, but he is the new Falcon when Sam Wilson takes over Captain America. He was introduced in Captain America, Sam Wilson, number one. I don't think they're going to go this route, but in the comics, he has actual bird wings due to a mutation that's done to him by Hydra. So whatever it is, it's setting him up as like Sam's, 
Sam's Falcon. Yeah, Sam's, Sam's Bucky, Bucky, exactly, which I think is kind of great. Yeah. Did you like the yeah, character, kind of... Pete? Because he was created by Nick Spencer. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking uh, about how I, much of a trick to make that, and I decided not much of a trick. Yeah, I, I like your buildup of how you know important the character is for it. But I do like them uh, together. Yeah. And, uh, you know... You know, just because you 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 know you don't have to like everything that somebody does. You know what I mean? Like sometimes writers do amazing things, and sometimes they make choices, and you're just like, hey, okay, But I do think the actor is good. I enjoyed the actor. I think he's yeah. a fun presence on the show. His action sequence with the flag smashers I thought was cool, intense later in the episode. Yes. So I, I enjoyed sure. him. I, I was it, not expecting his character, so that was a pleasant surprise for me. He um like he since Sam is a little more serious than Bucky on the other side of the show, it's nice to have someone there to lighten it up. Um yeah. and then on the Bucky side, Bucky's just like he's like depressed, but also like, I don't know, I'm screwing around here I, too. I enjoyed him in the therapy. I thought that that was uh you know, even though it wasn't supposed to be as it's kind of t- uh, hard for him. It was kind of fun the way he was playing it, and uh, the back and forth between him and the therapist was very enjoyable. That was a great sequence too. I mean, yeah. the aerial fight was awesome and super long and very MCU and a great way to kick it off. But getting yeah. a flashback to Winter Soldier, I thought, was a very nice surprise. And then, like you're saying, I was surprised at how funny the therapy session was and. Bucky's whole storyline. There was still sadness. There was still some action in there, but the date that he goes on later was cute and funny. And him interacting with Yuri, the old man, was also kind of fun. You don't expect going into a Bucky storyline that you'll be laughing while you're watching it, but I did. This guy's fun. Underneath that metal arm is a funny bone. I guarantee (laughs) it. That therapist was mean. (laughs) Right? Well, she's been... Taking a lot of crap for him over the years, and I think she was lashing out at him. She was like, oh, you think, you know, I'm going to go back and forth with you. I'm sick of, you know, and the whole, like, threatening to write stuff down was just, oh, that's fun. That's real fun. I like how tiny um, the notebook is that Bucky has um, when he's crossing his names off. Very similar to a lot of stand-up comedians. Mm. Um, So maybe we're going to see, like, uh, him do an open mic. Now, do you think Bucky making a list is a reference to when Captain America made a list. Mm. It's like an Easter egg, right? Remember when he made the list of movies he needed to... Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And albums Mm -hmm. and stuff. And now Bucky's making a list. I think that's an Easter egg, and I'm going to go on record saying that. Yeah, I only make lists as a reference to the Marvel movies I love so much. Me too, absolutely. Well, they say in this, you know, they're showing that old people make lists, so congratulations, guys. (laughs) Wow. I am 106. Yeah. Um, also, I do love the uh, him being so upfront with like I'm 106 years old. Like all that <laughs> stuff was was really fun. Um, and Bucky's storyline really mixes like sort of those sweet moments with all the sadness. And I think until he meets up with Falcon and they we get sort of the buddy side, I feel like it's going to be a lot of grappling with, with that stuff. Yeah. Now, what did you think of the whole Sam visiting his sister, fishing boat? Lone I thought story it was like, crazy they slipped into an episode of Netflix's Outer Banks there mm-hmm. for a while. <laughs> Just very briefly. Uh, which was which was fun. Well, the New Orleans is a nice uh, touch, and especially for Anthony Mackie, who that's where he's from. So, like, having that in there is kind of nice. Um, but it is. That's why I like the layers of, like, dealing with 
somebody disappearing for five years and the blip. It's not just things that happen in old movies. Like the fact that there's people still dealing with this stuff is cool. When you say old 100%. movies, you're talking about Avengers Ed Gabe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Famously. I feel in, so long ago. Yeah. Was that, Famously, I don't honestly remember. Was that a talkie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a, the there's first. a train coming right to the camera and then the blip happened. Um, I agree with you, Pete, like having the blip have, Big ramifications is it feels so comic book in the best way. And it just makes you feel um, as a, a, a viewer like, oh, everything matters. I'm so glad I know what all this is. And Alex, like you were saying earlier about the Flag Smasher, Flag Smasher stuff, it that feels like such a great justification for all that. And then here we see the the economic ramifications for um, for Sam and his sister going to the bank, yeah. trying to get a loan for their family business, not getting it because they have they don't have credit for five years. It's just like ah, that feels yeah. like something banks would do. And you have this banker being so like fan, fan-y towards Sam for him being a superhero. Yeah. We touch on race here, economics, like, like yeah. try, this, the struggle of all of those things in America, which again, through Sam and all the, the symbolic him passing the shield, all that stuff, it feels like it's all uh, going to come together in a great a, a great theme that is not just like these guys have to fight and get the shield back. It's like, no, we're dealing with America in a way here. Also, I really like the, the brother sister tension. You know what I mean? Like the way that they kind of banter back and forth really feels like a brother sister relationship. I, I like how, like the fact that he's defensive, that he's been gone you know, and she had to kind of work through all of it and just want some recognition for that. And he's so defensive, he's not really given that to her. I think it's, uh, and the fact that it affects how they banter, I really like that. And I thought, I'm excited for how this is all, all going to kind of unfold and what it's going to mean for the bigger picture for Sam. Now, Pete, you mentioned this. Uh, Anthony Mackie is from New Orleans. Sam Wilson in the comics is from Harlem. And they actually changed it to New Orleans on the show for Anthony Mackie. He said, hey, I come from New Orleans. Let's shoot it down there. What do you think? And they're like, yeah, why not? sounds great. And he's like, and I work, uh, my family works fishing, just like my family. And they're like, sounds great. And he's like, and I'm eating some crawfish at one point. And they're like, I don't think we need to do that specifically but no yeah. they should do that oh my god yeah you kidding well, me? they haven't done and it yet like, we'll see if it he's smart he's mm-hmm. like hey listen uh i want to go home i want to visit my family i want to have some crawfish so let's make it all part of the mm-hmm. character you know what i mean and then he's like i want jet wings and they're like uh okay <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> uh and one little other thing that again it's not an easter egg it's just part of the show but in the comics as well the boat is called Paul and Darlene, and Sam's parents in the comics are Darlene Jeffries and Paul Wilson. Um, so that's Aww. that reference there. There you go. <laughs> nice. Again, Alex, I no. think these are just regular eggs. Yes. <laughs> these They're are just not Easter eggs. good old scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Now, let me ask, is Laugh real? Because that's a horrible name for a villain group. I think it's LAF. It's not, LAF. It's not like the Laugh Hut. Though well, that would tie into why Bucky's keeping that list. Yeah, exactly. You're going he's, after. He's making a I was going after the Laugh Hut. You're going after yeah. the Laugh Hut. They have a three a- drink minimum. That's out of control. I just, I, if you want to instill, like, oh, we're laugh. Look out for us. It's like LAF, really, guy. That's like your big. That's your move. I mean, unless they're like. They're laughing at how ridiculous everything is. I don't, I don't know. I, I just it pulled me out for a second. I was like, is this real? What is going on with this? 
Yeah. Well, wait until episode two where they introduce the Chuckle Club. Yeah. Ooh. Well, it's like how a lot of people are scared of clowns. Clowns mm-hmm. are meant to be fun, but they're, they can be scary. Were there – we've kind of broad strokes through this, but were there any other specific things that jumped out to you, things that you guys liked? I love I – lo- Oh, I love the, I love you. Oh, I love you. Oh, my God. Um, I love the way at the end of the episode um, when Sam's sister's like, you got to watch this. And it's the press conference where they're introducing the new Captain America. And the way they shot this, I thought was so nice. Like it's shots from the press conference. And you see like a close up on Sam's hands, his fingers like closing around his, his other hands. And like you see him just like boiling in this these very small ways and not just boiling but like he's mad he's upset um he's just feeling lost like it it was so such a nice little sequence that wasn't an action sequence but still had all these great tense moments for for sam yeah i agree and pete i don't know if you know this wyatt russell who plays u.s agent aka the new captain america uh, you know who he is could you recognize no, him? i couldn't tell he had a fucking mask your on. uncle <laughs> What? <laughs> He's your uncle. No, Wyatt Russell is the son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Oh, wow. Yeah, I f- that Wyatt Russell. Yes, I figured you'd like that. Cool. You love those people. You love Kurt Russell. You love and Goldie Hawn. Do. Yes, I do. Overboard is a classic. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. You watched both Christmas Chronicles. Road. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted, speaking of uh, shouting out other movies, the Battleship. Uh, date moment was real nice and a nice nod to Battleship the movie. I feel like that was a nice, enjoyable moment there. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Everybody uh, is that an Easter egg? Did I get one? Yep. That's that's oh, not even okay. an egg. <laughs> that's like an apple, maybe. Yeah, that's an I Easter did, apple. We talked in general about the uh, uh, therapist stuff, but I also really liked the breaking of the rules. Um, and he was like, "That should be rule number one if it's so important." I. I really, uh, yeah, the back and forth there is just a lot of fun. Yeah. A couple of other things I'll call out that I just jotted down. Again, like you're saying, they're eggs. They're not Easter eggs. But I feel like a lot of people are going to speculate about the conversation that Falcon and Joaquin have where he says, hey, I heard that Steve is at a secret base on the moon looking down at us. I think that was just a joke. But things that I immediately was like, oh, is that a reference to something? Is that a reference to the comics? What's going on? Because Bucky actually lived on the moon for a while as the watcher on the wall in the comics. It's like, yeah, are they saying that? No, it's just a joke. (laughs) I doubt they're saying that, but I did think that was weird. They that was a weird thing to very specifically bring up. And then Sam sort of said it back to him. Yeah. And then he echoes. He's like, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it could be a larger reference to if we want to start to spin up the old nonsense Uh speculation uh top (laughs) the mcu is moving into space pretty specifically like maybe there's uh something to be said about that the other thing and i couldn't believe this is a real thing but on the mcu wiki there is a page for the moon it's a very long page describing everything that happens on the moon but Mm. right at the top of the moon wiki page there's a quote from Yo-Yo from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to Phil Kosid where she says, I always thought you guys had people hiding on the moon. So I think this is another case of people are going to look, oh, they made an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference. They're bringing them in. Here we go. It's going to happen. It's not going to happen, folks. Uh, there were a ton uh, of S.H.I.E.L.D. references. They were like this S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. the Captain yeah. America S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, look at all that. Yeah. It's great. S.H.I.E.L.D. fans got to be psyched. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the S.H.I.E.L.D. fans. 
Exactly. I think this Michael Chiklis is going to show up. Oh, you mean I, the thing? What? Fantastic Four, they're coming. <laughs> it's it's, it's happening. The Chiklis. Uh, I did... I did like seeing the fact that like he was ups- he was upset as I was that somebody else was taking up the mantle of Captain America without kind of like checking with him because it really did feel like if anybody was going to do it, it would have to be him. So like to see like you said like the the tension I was like that's your job what are you doing just being cool with it right there. Uh, I, I yeah there was a lot of cool acting moments that uh, that w- were kind of impressive and we did touch on it in a jokey way earlier but I do think it's actually really important that they had a conversation just solo between <laughs> Rhodey and Sam at the same time uh, that yeah. you know I, I don't think we've actually seen that on the screen in the MCU before having two black men having a conversation with each other about something that comes from a black writer, Malcolm Spellman. And like you were touching on earlier, Justin, they don't hit it very hard, but I think as we go on, a lot of the series is going to start to be around race more and more yeah. as we get into it. I agree. Um, and I'm excited to see the, the MCU go there. Yeah. Like let's talk about some, some real stuff. Yeah. And I think they are they're doing a good job of setting the stage to actually get into real issues alongside really cool fights. Awesome. Can't wait. Before we wrap up here, what is on your vision board for the next yes. episode? That's a, a leftover from our WandaVision days, but also the it's podcast. It's a leftover. We, did, we planned it this way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what are you looking forward well, to in the next episode? What's on your vision board, Pete? Well, I'm just wondering, um, you know, because I enjoy when the little thing pops out of his uh, uh, jetpack there. Red wing. Red wing. But I'm just what. Yeah, I'm just wondering if you could set it for, like, maim instead of murder, because, like, that robot was taking people out like crazy. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, this show is just straight up murdering people right out of the bat. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe they dial that back now that they've gotten our attention a little bit or how it kind of unfolds. Do you think that Sam's worried that the um, he's sort of training his replacement with Red Wing? Like, Red Wing's just going to start to be Falcon? Cause... Yeah, I think Red Wing is like, yo, uh, I think this is my job. It's the like, robots just take it's like I always say, yeah. Red Wing gives you bulls. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, too much? Wow. Uh, you sound like a broken computer. I think you might be... <laughs> I think, might I think a screw I, popped out of my head when I said that. Uh, uh, the, I think you got to turn down your dad jokes a little bit. I think it's a little peak. Yeah, it's a little yeah, high. Right. I got to adjust that. about 2000. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, what about you? What's on your vision board? I want to see the guys get together. I want to put the ampersand in Falcon and Winter Soldier and see them come together, perhaps over this new cap news. I'm looking forward to Zemo. That was the big thing, obviously, left off the board completely. I love Zemo. He's one of my favorite villains. I thought he was so good in Civil War. You got the color purple in this. You got a little purple. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite movie, my favorite Oprah movie as well. Oh my god! Wow, wow! But you do an Oprah film festival every couple nights, right? <laughs> every couple of nights, without fail. <laughs> Absolutely, watch through her entire filmography. Uh, no, I love Zemo. I think he's a great villain, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen. We've already set up these great villains with the Flag Smashers. How is Zemo going to enter in there? Are we going to have a villain team up? Um, you know, we set up the heroes now. We set up a little bit of the conflict. It's only going to get more complicated from here. And that's very cool. Yeah. And obviously uh, in episode six, when Al Pacino shows up as Mephisto, would be that's going to be fun. I can <laughs> not wait. The thing played by Michael Chiklis is going to kill him. <laughs> Putting on the old rock suit. <laughs> I still have it in my closet. 
Anyway, if you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Also on iTunes in particular, if you could rate us and leave a comment, that would be much appreciated. That helps us out quite a bit. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Until next time, remember, Red Wing gives you bulls. Ooh. Oh, boy. Nope. Keep your Get eyes out. out for those Easter apples, uh, you, you dad robots. Down on it. <laughs>